Hello there, and welcome to the Joyfully Black Podcast, where we have candid conversations with Black women on nourishing their mental well-being while balancing career, family life, and community care. I'm your host, Joy Dixon, a public health professional turned woman in tech and lover of seeing people thrive in their zone of genius. Hey, hey. So I spent this past weekend at Essence Festival and got my entire life. Although I wasn't on a girl's trip like many attendees, there was such a spirit of camaraderie and belonging that I just wanted to bottle up and beam it to anyone needing or craving connection. The kind of belonging where you see one another, whether you're from the dirty South, Midwest, up North, or the West Coast, where we hype up each other's fashion with the hey green or an approving nod. You know what I'm talking about when you're walking down the hall and you see somebody like, mm, that's cute. Essence Festival is really a place of reunion, whether it's an annual sojourn for family and friends or running into folks you hadn't seen in a in few years. And I know that was certainly the case for me. I got this really great chance to spend the weekend with my cousins in a way that we hadn't done since we were teenagers. I didn't even know they were going to be there. So that was such a wonderful surprise. I ran into friends and even a woman I interned with 13 years ago. As I marveled at the flurry of activities from the Essence Film Festival to a fireside conversation with Oprah and the cast of the upcoming Color Purple movie to conversations on colorism and beauty to an amazing 50th celebration, 50th year, let me say that, 50th year celebration of hip hop with headliners like Lauren Hill, Megan Thee Stallion, and the always dynamic Missy Elliott. Oh. And I got to put in how Jill Scott turned it all the way out on Saturday night. I mean, Essence Festival was the place to be. And throughout the weekend, I took note of what I was learning from being in this space, not just from the panels, of course, but what I was observing while being in this intentional space from a Black brand that has celebrated Black womanhood in the form of this festival for the past 29 years. And I have so many fun memories and positive interactions to hold on to, but I just got to share my top three lessons I gleaned from Essence this year. So the first lesson, the power of sisterhood. So many people say that the Essence Festival is where you go to fill your cup and find joy. I mean, I know uh, one of the panelists said it. It might have been Tafranji P. Henson, but don't don't quote me on that one now. But I I saw this firsthand. Now I have to say this was not my first Essence Festival. It was technically my second, uh, but I'm not going to count 2019 anymore because I really didn't experience much since since it was work related. Um, this time though, woo! I made sure to download the app and create a schedule, which really gave me time to plan what I wanted to experience. And I mentioned this because having some idea of where I was going gave me the mental space to observe the people around me and really witness the bonds of sisterhood, whether it was biological, chosen, or situational. I'll talk a little bit about my own situational sisterhood in a minute, okay? So whether you know a person came with the crew or attended a majority of the activities alone like me um 
you never really were alone because it appeared most people came looking for an experience and were happy to share that experience with you. Case in point. So one of the primary essence experiences was a keynote called A Celebration of Legacy, The Color Purple. And this is where Oprah Winfrey was in a fireside chat with the Essence President and CEO, Caroline Wanga. And this conversation was followed by a panel discussion on the 40-year legacy and impact of The Color Purple as told across page, stage, and film with some of the stars of the upcoming movie like Taraji P. Henson, Danielle Brooks, Fantasia, along with the director Blitz Bazawule, and of course, Oprah was on the stage as well still. So prior to me getting to the room, this is where this situational sisterhood piece comes in, right? Prior to me actually getting in the room, I, along with hundreds of other attendees, were waiting outside the auditorium space for, I would say, almost an hour and a half for the previous session to end. Okay. During that time, the women I stood in line with gave advice to one another, helped navigate the app for a few senior ladies, held a friendly debate about music fandom, and just really had a grand old time. I even befriended two women who are besties from Toronto and Philly. And we ended up just clicking and even doing a whole photo shoot outside the convention center and staying connected throughout the entire weekend. Oh, and speaking of photo shoots, honey. I somehow ended up taking pictures of several groups of ladies, and I just absolutely loved how strangers that were attending the conference would walk up and say, sis, why don't you try this angle? Or wait, wait, wait. They run up to the woman in front of like this. There was this big essence, um, big essence, the, the logo right outside the convention center. And they'd walk up to the lady about to get her picture taken and say, wait, wait, let me fix your hair. You gonna work this picture. Just the way, you know, we would with a beloved girlfriend. And I noticed this because sisterhood is a powerful force that transcends boundaries and unites women in this bond of shared experiences, support, and empowerment, which is what the Essence Festival is all about, right? And within the Black community in particular, the power of sisterhood really takes on this unique significance and strength because there's connections that are forged that navigate through the challenges and the triumphs of just being a black woman. And I really see black sisterhood as a testament to resilience, to love, and this transformative potential of unity, which is something that not surprisingly, the cast of The Color Purple spoke a lot about too. And I have to mention this because in the face of adversity, just in our everyday life, Black women often turn to one another for solace, strength, and guidance. And despite what some reality shows display, and we know which ones those are. Now, listen, I watch reality TV too, so it's not a knock. But for real, despite what some reality shows display, Black sisterhood can offer a space for healing and self-discovery. And really create an environment where Black women can freely express their thoughts, feelings and fears without judgment and provides a platform for storytelling. I mean, how many times have we relayed <laughs> stories to, to our girlfriends or our sisters or our, our cousins or, you know, people who we really look up to within our, in our sister circle, you know, sharing experiences and offering advice that's grounded in the deep understanding of the challenges that are faced 
by women that look like us. Black sisterhood just affirms and it validates the lived experience of its members, really fostering this sense of belonging and self-worth. And this weekend, I got a chance to see the affirming presence of Black sisterhood up close and personal, and it was a sight to behold. Now, the second lesson that I gleaned was making the choice to either let the statistics of Black women paralyze you or motivate you. This came up in one of the panel discussions, and my mind is that the name of the panel is escaped me at this moment, but listen. It is evident that the odds are not in the favor of women in society right now, especially Black women. And when it comes to Black women, there are just several alarming statistics that highlight the hurdles that we may encounter in areas like health and economic security. And yes, it is important to acknowledge the existence of these statistics and really understand the systemic issues that they represent. However, comma, it is just as crucial not to let them paralyze us. We, we have a choice here. And instead we can use these challenges as motivation to drive change and empower black women. I really, you know, something that I've thought about is that these statistics are not a reflection of the potential or worth of black women, but really more of a reminder of the work that still needs to be done. And as we all know, the sisters are working, honey, from, oh gosh, I met Mama Glow, so I was so excited. So like from Latham Thomas, who she's coming to mind right now, who's working to improve Black maternal health outcomes with her doula training and a new initiative that provides free doula services to pregnant people, to policymakers who are teaching how closing the racial wealth gap leads to black joy. Now, these things are so amazing. And these are just a few examples of work that black women across the diaspora are doing. And I know that as you think about the statistics, it is so natural to feel overwhelmed, feel anger, frustration, and even sadness when we consider the odds. And it's okay to allow yourself, to allow ourselves to feel and reflect on these things. And after we give ourselves that moment, that space to feel, we can then channel that energy into actionable steps. I must say though, for folks who find themselves still needing that rest and reprieve from the weight of it all, that's when we, we lean on one another. We, we tag another sister to continue to carry the mantle because of what affects one of us as Black women impacts all of us. And the progress we seek is progress that is truly built among the cumulative efforts of many. So, you know, during the festival, when I was just watching in amazement about the dynamic women, you know, on the panel, and also frankly, just walking around all willy, all willy nilly. I'm so silly saying that. <laughs> oh, I'm a rapper. I'm rhyming. Um, just walking around in that way, it just lets you know that 
we're not alone. We're all problem solving in our own corners of the US and our own corners of the of this globe. And, you know, making that decision to motivate and rally ourselves in spite of these negative odds is something that I think will really impact us as we design the sort of future we want for ourselves and for the people that come behind us. And so the third lesson that I learned this weekend was to honor the gift. Now, truth be told, I've heard this phrase before. You have probably heard this phrase before. I even saw it on Ludacris's shirt during his Saturday night performance. This time though, it hit differently as I considered what I witnessed in New Orleans this weekend. So throughout the festival, I noticed the Essence moderators gave their panelists and participants flowers during almost every main stage. And this literal gesture of quote unquote, giving flowers while a person's here to appreciate it was meaningful because so often impactful contributions are, are taken for granted. And, and I will say, as a person who deeply believes in honoring people, this was particularly touching to me. But then it dawned on me, each one of the people that we saw on stage or on a panel was there because they were honoring their gift. What do I mean by that? Oftentimes we hear this phrase, quote unquote, gifted individuals, referring to people who may excel in a particular area. But the truth is, each and every one of us has unique gifts and talents. And these gifts can come in various forms, whether it's a natural aptitude for a specific skill, a passion for creativity, or a compassionate nature that brings people together. Honoring the gift is about acknowledging and appreciating the inherent qualities and abilities we possess. It's recognizing that our gifts are not random accidents, but rather a part of who we're meant to be. And oftentimes it is so easy to dismiss these natural abilities because of the ease at which we do them. But I think there are ways to honor our gifts and make the most of them. How? Well, one crucial step is self-awareness. Really taking the time to reflect on your strengths and passions, taking time to ask yourself, what activities energize me? What comes naturally to me? These are often indications of your gifts. And once you've identified them, it's important to cultivate and nurture them. And perhaps maybe yours isn't musical. Maybe you're an organization maven, or you're just really talented with administration, or you're the go-to party planner for your friends, or a skilled seamstress, or a whiz at Excel, or really great at bringing folks together. I mean, each of us has something. And a common thread I noticed that was each person before us this weekend honored their gift by taking time and effort into developing their talents. You know, that may have required seeking out mentors, taking courses, or simply dedicating regular practice to refine those skills. Because remember, our gifts, they're not static. They can be enhanced and expanded with commitment and perseverance. I got a note though, for anyone who is nervous about adding anything else to their to-do list, these gifts don't have to be shared for monetary purposes. Identifying your gifts can really purely be for your own personal development. And as you're on this path to honoring your gift, 
It is easy to fall into the trap of comparing ourselves to others, especially with social media where you can see what this person's doing, that person's doing. But true fulfillment really comes from embracing our unique path. And each of us has a different combination of gifts. And our journey is about exploring our own potential and not trying to be someone else. After all, comparison is the thief of joy. You know, I I saw this with Tabitha Brown, uh, my uh, sister, my vegan sister in arms, and how I remember hearing how she used to try to mask the Southern accent that is beloved by millions today through her inspirational videos. I sell that to say, comparing ourselves to others only leads to frustration and a sense of inadequacy. And by honoring our gifts, we can appreciate the value we bring to the world and make a positive impact. Now, I know I'm talking about honoring our gifts as evidenced by the dynamic ladies and their chosen professions while they were at Essence. But once again, your gifts don't have to be shared for monetary purposes unless you want them to. Identifying your gifts can be to purely add to your own personal development and fulfillment. And when we fully embrace and utilize our unique talents, it brings a deep sense of purpose and satisfaction to our lives. You see, our gifts often align with our passionate interests. When we dedicate ourselves to developing and utilizing them, we'll naturally find ourselves engaged in activities that bring us joy and fulfillment. And this engagement creates a positive cycle where we continue to grow and evolve as individuals. It's growth that comes from stepping out of our comfort zones. And sometimes we might hesitate to fully embrace our gifts due to fear or self-doubt or analysis paralysis. But when we take risks and push ourselves beyond those perceived limits, we unlock even greater potential within us. Embracing that discomfort and challenges where that real growth happens. Our gifts have the power to inspire, uplift, and positively influence others. So why not let your light shine? By honoring our gifts, it really gets us a little closer to being joyfully Black. Because when you're in alignment with your natural talents, which lends itself to your purpose, There's just an ease. And that's what I wish for you and why I just had to share what I learned at Essence Festival this year. And thankfully, the team at Essence is gracious and some of the festival sessions are available online. So I'll share the Color Purple panel and a few others in the show notes. So as you go about your day this week, I really want you to reflect on these lessons. The power of sisterhood deciding whether to let the pressures around us, these statistics motivate or paralyze us, and of course, honoring your gift. So I hope, you know, when you think about the power of sisterhood, (laughs) you'll reach out to a friend this week, whether by text or phone, check in with her, let her know that you're thinking about her and that you have each other to lean on. I mean, I know even doing this podcast, so much of the support that I get, of course, from my from my honey, but from my wonderful friends who listen and also folks like you who, who listen and send encouraging messages of saying how much it's impacting you. And that really helps to keep me encouraged. I'll be honest, that helps keep me encouraged and making sure that 
I'm providing a podcast that is really helping you all in your lives as you're on your own path towards mental wellness, self-care, and of course, staying in the black. And on that note, this is a reminder that we'll be back with season three and new episodes at the end of September. And in the meantime, just make sure you're following me on Instagram and then also DM me and let me know if there's any special topics that you'd like to hear on Joyfully Black. And if you need a Joyfully Black fix while we're on this break, you can also check out previous episodes at www.joyfullyblack.com. That's joyfullyblk.com. Until next time, stay in the black, y'all. Thanks again for joining Joyfully Black this week. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give a five-star review and share with a friend. And be sure to visit our website, joyfullyblk.com, where you can subscribe to the show at Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast so you'll never miss a show. Until next week, stay in the black, y'all.